to this episode of the Mental Health Podcast. The title of today's episode is Underwater, where we'll be discussing all the different ways in, in, in ways in which that mental health in this country is censored. And that's both at sort of a government national level. And then also actually how, you know, talking about mental health is discouraged amongst men. Um, today I'm joined by Christian, you know, good friend, and he is, is very passionate about getting the word out about mental health and raising awareness, no matter um, how much other people, you know, try and try and treat it as a stigma and, and as a taboo. So, Christian, if you wouldn't mind just giving a really quick sort of introduction, uh, that would be great. All right. Cheers, Luke. Thank you. Uh, I'm, hello. I'm Christian. I'm 17 years old and I feel like for most of my life, I've just seen people go through mental health issues, especially men. And it just gets shut down, kind of gets brushed to the side. So they've been told to man up. And I think right now I've got to the age where I don't think it sits with me at all and I want to make a change. So, yeah. 100%. Yeah. Perfect. Thank you. Um, so starting off, as usual, um, I think we are going to look at some statistics. And um, all, all of these statistics were from priorygroup.com. Firstly, um, quite a shocking one, uh, states that actually 40% of men polled said that it would take thoughts of suicide or self-harm to compel them to seek professional help. So that's the length that it would take for them to actually want to go and seek professional help. Um, and the reasons given for men not wanting to seek, you know, help and, and treatment for their mental health is 40% saying I've learned to deal with it, 36% saying they don't want to be a burden to anyone, 29% saying they're too embarrassed, 20% saying there's a negative stigma around this type of thing, 17% saying they didn't want to admit to the fact that they needed support. 16% saying they didn't want to appear weak. And then 14% saying they've got no one to talk to. Um, so some very sobering statistics there. And off the back of that, we will be discussing three main questions today. As usual, zooming out um, from a personal perspective, then a bit wider, and then again, national level. Um, so the first question we're going to look at is on a personal level, have you ever been censored or told to keep quiet about a mental health issue? And then we'll move on to the second question, which is other than just talking about it, which other ways can we as men make meaningful strides towards a transparent and unstigmatized conversation about mental health? And then thirdly, zooming out, what are the three, what are the main things in society that impede openness and uncensored debate about mental health? So yeah, for the first for the first question, um, Christian, I'm you know sort of asking, is on a personal level, have you ever been censored or told to keep quiet about mental health issue? Uh, many occasions. Where do I start? Um, so for example, I'm not going to say the school name because I don't think that'd be fair enough to say that. But no, of course, yeah. Yes, like school. When I was going through a lot of like, I wanted. To, I came to. Counselors and I told them that I was struggling a lot with my mental health and that I wanted to seek help and I couldn't really talk to anyone. And they kind of brushed it and said at first, 
well, make sure it firstly it doesn't come out because people will laugh and I was completely confused. And I was wondering why that trust, immediately there, my trust broke down because I was thinking, would they say anything or do, can I trust them? Because I've already known in the past, men's, men's mental health has never been taken seriously. So from then, when they said to me, oh, make sure you don't tell anyone, I was, that's when I decided, I thought, nah, I don't think men's mental health has been taken seriously at all. It's not, it shouldn't be that type of thing. Do you know what I'm trying to say? Yeah, yeah, 100%. It should never be a thing where, I don't care if it gets out. I feel like men's mental health, it shouldn't be a thing where girls, like, it's so easy for them to, easier for them to talk about the thing because they get an arm around them if they're going on, going through this stuff. It's men, it's like, man up, you've got to be strong. Yeah. I've been discouraged definitely a lot from doing it. Yeah, and, and the, the, the evidence really does back you up there. Um, again, sort of going back to 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 the stats that I gave before, twenty nine percent saying they're too embarrassed to tell anyone. And I know a lot of people. I know a lot of people might look at this and say, "Well, that's a man problem." Okay, that's a problem which many to ourselves. But in reality, I think that's actually something that has been sort of forced on us by society. I don't think in any way you can blame it on you know, on men, because we, we're the ones who actually really want to make this open and, and want to yeah. make this um, a conversation that is sort of, you know, talked about every day. And, and it's disgusting, you know, that on a personal, personal note, you went to some, someone in sort of a position of power and they tried to silence you. Yeah, bro. Um, the way I feel like with yeah. mental health, it's just, a, it's like, it's just, honestly, it's just a joke. Like, it's not taken seriously at all. Yeah. Like, as you said before there, about the thing where they was the kids were saying, oh, they didn't want to talk about it. It's because there's this idea that when men speak about mental health, it's a sissy thing or it's a weak thing to talk about it. And that there's a stigma around men having to be strong enough to not be able to talk about their feelings. But it shouldn't be like that at all. I don't know why it's like that, but I think that's a society thing. It's 100%, not a yeah. problem at all. Yeah, and I'll say, sort of in my past, I think... Um, probably probably not as extreme as that, but there's definitely been times where firstly I felt like I don't need to go and get help or because I, I, I sort of feel I sort of felt like if I go to someone for help, yeah, that's a sign of weakness. That's yeah. sort of um very unmasculine, you know. Yeah. Um and again that was nothing that I personally believed. That was just what I thought was the do you know what I mean? Sort of the right thing to do. What society tells you to do. Yeah, 100%. And even sort of more recently, I think I noticed this before, and again, obviously going to keep names and everything anonymous, but um, at university, um, although the majority of sort of the mental health support has been incredible, there have been times when I've emailed lecturers and it's sort of been quite a patronising response and it's come across as like, oh, you just just deal with it, you know. Um, and, And it's like, yeah is it's really it's really sad because the like you know out of everyone the people who should be supporting young men the most when it comes to mental health is our teachers and our lecturers and counselors um and i have to say again it's really sad because my personal experience um going through counseling was actually a very positive one um it just puts a damp and doesn't it, when one person just has to read oh yeah 100 percent, yeah um Again, like if you if you are comfortable asking this, was it a male or a female counselor? Male. 
Okay, yeah, yeah. No, I was, I was just intrigued because I, I felt like the reason my experience was so good uh, was actually because, yeah, it was a male counsellor mm. um, who'd had a lot of sort of things to do with his mental health that, you know, that occurred when he was a young, young man. So I thought there was a greater level of relatability. But I think that shows that, again, it, in a way, it isn't even sort of a gender issue, even male counsellors. Um, who, who again, you should think should have the most expertise and experience of being a young man. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They should so it, it, look to it. But I mean, I think like, I feel like, unless you go through it, then I don't think you can. Oh, I don't fully understand yeah, it. Yeah, I don't think you can. Definitely, and yeah, that was another thing actually. So, I, I know, sort of a yeah, a lot of people like in my year and stuff who went through counselling. Mm-hmm. And it does seem it can be so hit and miss. Um, and yeah, going back to that sort of thing of censorship, you'd maybe think, oh, censorship, you know, that's a China issue. <laughs> that's a, you know, yeah, like a, 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 yeah, yeah, exactly. When when in reality, it is something that unfortunately badly trained counsellors and, and counsellors who, again, just haven't had that personal experience of being a young man mm-hmm. and, and haven't had, haven't experienced sort of the real troubles of being a young man. Um, that's where I think censorship in in the respect that we're talking about now comes in. Because um, if you have one occasion where someone tells you you can't tell anyone that, you know, they'll just laugh at you, they'll take the mickey. Then what are you going to do when something even worse happens? Um, and that's why, again, 40% of men polled, that's you know that's enough to that's more than enough to win an election 40% that's is so yeah 40% said that it would take extreme thoughts of suicide or self harm to seek professional help so that shows you that shows you the sort of place we're in right now uh-huh. and i know people look at sort of the news and they say yes loads of strides are being made in mental health but like every time you see that a like mental health ambassador has been appointed, I, I think everyone needs to remember these statistics as well. Um, because until we get that figure down to zero percent, um, no one can really have faith in the in the system that we've got. Um, and yeah, so again, the second part of the question: told to keep quiet about mental health issues. Has there ever been a time where you, Christian, have have been trying to raise awareness? Um, for men's mental health specifically, and you felt that that awareness has been shut down sort of by other people or, you know, um, by an institution? I feel like we've had conversations in class about it where um, girls will be saying... I remember one time in my sociology class there was a conversation about um, girls struggling with mental health. And I was just sat there and I was quite confused because I'm thinking if girls are struggling with mental health and the men's must be 10 times worse. And that's not a thing about me being sexist or anything like that. But I'm just saying like with girls in the past, I've seen girls who are struggling with mental health. They come out and talk about it purely because they've got that help in school and they've got that connect for them to talk about it so calmly without their peers looking at them in any other way. I feel like I raised that point in class. It was taken as an offensive thing and I was being rude and I was being sexist and I just didn't really want to talk about it again in the conversation because I feel like teachers take the sides of girls so much more in, in lessons especially and in things like this especially because with men's mental health, I was raising, I was asking them why, um, 
why is it that men have to, like you said with the stats, why is it men have to think about suicide? Why do they have to think of ending their whole life just to come and talk about it? And they said it was it, was, it wasn't a society issue. Men just need to speak up more. But that's ignorant to say that because it's very yeah. hard for us to talk up about it because everyone in the world will laugh at you, especially if you're a man. Because you're supposed to be this strong person that you're supposed to just be able to take anything, take shit all the time, be able to have people walk yeah. all over you every single day. But apparently you're supposed to be fine with it. That doesn't sit right with me at all. I don't understand how that could, how you could ever accept, expect um, society to progress. We're going to look yeah. at it like that. I just, it's it's almost like it, it makes no sense because um, when you're going through mental health, you are very much a victim. You're a sufferer. Yeah. So if you're if you're if you're a victim, um, and people are asking you to to just speak about it and to you you're the one that needs to put in the work. If you're a victim, you need help. So. It, that dynamic just doesn't really make any sense. And I definitely agree. I want to reinforce that point again that you made. Again, this is not about, um, this is not about, um, oh, you know, our, our, you know, men are facing this and women aren't facing it. Of course, women are facing mental health. Everyone's facing mental health. We're just trying to raise awareness and shine a light to it because there definitely is so much more work that needs to be done for men's mental health which will then allow us to be more open about and speak about it. It, You don't start off with the problem itself and then turn that and blame the sufferer. You can't blame men for not talking about mental health because if it's a societal thing that has been the result of a societal construct that men are not not meant to talk about things like this and that if we do, we're showing a sign of weakness and we're no longer dominant, we're no longer, you know, all these really old stereotypes. Um, Yeah. Yeah, and you can't just you can't just take that and and disregard that and then say to a man who's going through mental health just talk about it. It's, you know, it's that's like that that's asking so much. And by asking that question, you're just increasing these statistics. Um, and have you seen what's sad as well? Seen, sorry, yeah, sorry, man, sorry have you seen that Will Smith meme that's gone around? That has been going around ages ago. Oh, the one of when when he was uh, yeah, sort of and that was about him struggling yeah. with mental health yeah. after his wife. Had... Well, yeah, and think of it: yeah. if, if the world is seeing that's basically what that what that said to me is clarifying that the world see men's mental health as a joke because for someone to be, yeah. someone's wife to have cheated on them and them going through a tough time and for someone to make a picture out of that and a meme and for it to be something funny, yeah. it just it just literally reiterates and just confirms all the things that we thought about it that men's mental health has not been taken seriously. Yeah. Yeah. And I think social media, especially for men's mental health, is such a toxic um, environment. And um, I, 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 I've I, been very lucky because obviously in starting this podcast and, and with the anthology coming out, I've only ever received, you know, support. But I do know that for a lot of others, it's not mm. the same. It's not the same story. And like you said, memes like that, memes as a whole are great. <laughs> you know, they're amazing. It's supposed to be fun, but, but not like that. Exactly. Exactly. When, yes, I, what I would say actually on that point, um, one of the ways, if any listeners here are, are wondering, one of the ways that I think we as society, as a generation, can try and stop this toxic attitude towards men's mental health. Next time you're posting a meme on your story, next time you're, um, you know, maybe watching something on YouTube, maybe just check yourself and just say, actually, is this okay? So say, for example, the Will Smith meme first second look you might just think oh you know haha, like this is funny like you know the, the caption works really well 
maybe if you actually take a step back you think about and you look and you research why he's crying and and actually that this is something that for him obviously because he's a sort of a big celebrity and stuff we don't we don't actually think about sort of the behind the scenes yeah. stuff but how would he feel how would how you know how would you feel if you've been through um that that sort of event which has probably caused a lot of mental health issues to arise and then you're seeing people literally laughing at you and the thing is as well because again this is a, this is a podcast which is not uncensored if will smith had then committed suicide after that meme the exact same people who'd been laughing at him would be the ones posting on their story and and yeah yeah they would be the first ones to be posting on their story and 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 trying to you know sort of get clout for saying oh i was a will smith man my whole life i'm so sad this has happened and in a way if that had have occurred if that had have occurred um you know it that that's the exact reaction you'd get so we really need to be more careful about what we share online um and yeah so just m- moving on sort of from that personal perspective moving on to the second question um going quite nice in second question so other than just talking about it which other ways can we as men make meaningful strides towards a transparent and unstigmatized conversation about mental health and actually for this question before i ask it um i think i would actually edit that and say men but then also society as a whole how can society as a whole um you know help to have a transparent conversation about mental health or like the first thing I would say it's like just creating like it sounds crazy but I'd say like a mental health group <clears throat> like when of course we're in lockdown right now so it's kind of hard but when that ends things like men's mental health like for them just a just a men just a men for men to sit around and talk about it I think it's easier like that for men to just sit there and discuss if they're comfortable how they feel about mental health how it's looked on their mental health issues and for other people to realize that this is an okay thing to talk about because we're living in a world where such crazy things are going on right now and we're in lockdown no one's going to be feeling 100 percent. but no man should be should think that oh oh, i I need to get up with this and i just i need to put up with this for the rest of my life i need to just deal with it and move on no it's not like that because when people bottle things up especially men it gets worse and worse and worse and i think that's one of the ways that we should be able to do it yeah 100% and I 100% agree with that statement as well I, I I think if there's there's not been one person I'm sure of it and the stats point to point to this there's not been one person who's going to come out of this third lockdown in a better mental health state than they enter the first one no way um like we looked at in previous episodes student suicides have gone up by 200% um since since the start of lockdown um and yeah i i definitely think meeting up in groups of just men would be a very good sort of first step the way that we bring this into the light the way that we bring we bring this into normal conversation with strangers um with 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 women with with um you know people who perhaps don't even know about the the men's mental health epidemic that's all going on at the minute um, is, is by starting off with small steps, easing men in by talking to other men. Um, and honestly, again, um, we, we can post as much about men, men's mental health as possible. We can write as many studies on it as possible. We can um, complete as many surveys as we want. But meaningful strides beto- towards a transparent and unstigmatized, unstigmatized conversation about men's mental health won't be achieved until we actually sit down 
um, as we sit down and 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 talk about it. And I think, again, I don't think it's just on us men. I think this is something that society as a whole um, can can try and bunch together and and solve. So yeah, in your opinion, Christian, what would you say um, for society as a whole, so including women and 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 even older men who perhaps you know. Um, who grew up in a place in, in in society in in a time in society when actually talking about men's mental health was even more sensitive than now. How would you say that those sorts of people can can add to this and help sort I feel of help like it's us? Sad because with the older people, I feel like the ones that were in the war and all that, they would have experienced some terrible things. We haven't even experienced oh, yeah. it, but I think society has already failed them because it's kind of past that time now. It's probably been some few odd years. I'm not saying it doesn't affect them. It's been a few odd years since um, it would have been, been it would have been great when um, back before if they were able to talk about it and speak up about it. But again, it gets shut down and people were told not to speak up about how they feel. Like guys getting the war. Um, I remember one of my um, this person came in when I was having a lesson ages ago when I was in like maybe year eight, and they were talking about how he knew someone who was a victim of sexual abuse in the war. This is a guy. And wow. when he came, he finally got the courage to his family to talk about it. And they told him not to say anything because it would bring dishonor onto the family. Yeah. And I think a few days later, he committed suicide and they were distraught. But I think people need to just open their eyes and look about it and just respect us that we're humans as well. Like we're not robots that that, that um, they could get hurt. They could get knocked down. And they'll just get back up every time, single time because not everyone's built like that at all. So I feel like... no. Society's already failed people who have been the men especially who've been to war in that sense. Um I think we sh- it should get spoken about in lessons, to be honest. I think well the lessons that it's relevant to, or just in general, maybe a, a, like just a monthly talk or something about it. Because they make it easy for this other stuff to, for them to talk about them. That, that literally holds like no weight or value in our life. So I feel like it sh- as easy as that should be, we should be able to talk about men's mental health, maybe maybe once a month at least not rather than just holding up a poster saying it's okay to be okay and then not being able to help it's okay not to be okay but not being able to help the students that are actually not okay like all that stuff doesn't make any sense i don't know why people just do it blindly they'll post things on instagram saying men's mental health so important let's make them be able to speak out about this but you're not doing anything to help it postings it's shown with black lives matter posting a black screen has not stopped world racism so it's literally useless it just gets me angry. Like people always post things like that on Instagram to make them think. Make them think. It, it makes them think that they're doing something, but they're not. So because yeah. we live with this every single day, like no matter what happens, there's always a stigma behind men's mental health, and it needs to be broken rather than just posting things on Instagram and just thinking, "Oh yeah, we've done something now." That's not how it works. That's not progression at all. I think society needs to wake up. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, I, I think as well sort of looking at the people we sort of live around, um, uh, sort of, you know, people that we interact with, what, what you were saying there um, about that, you know, really terrible story actually does resonate quite a lot because I think a lot of the time it's not only the mental health that is stigmatised, but it's other things. Like you said, um, male sexual abuse um, is something that I think is just as stigmatised and as taboo. Because, um, again, people have this idea, people have this idea about sort of, things such as rape grooming that it, it can only be men yeah. committing it against women and although the statistics although the statistics do point to that you do also have to look at the fact that 
that because um you know the minority of cases where it is committed against men um a lot of the time those men have nowhere to go to um to to tell someone about it and, and get actual help um and and on, along the same lines i think i think that's where the rest of society come in if it, on an individual level if someone comes up to you that you know and they say to you listen you know as a man you know i've i've been sexually abused and 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 i've really depressed about it now and i've had suicidal thoughts and 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 sort of self harm as well how are you going to respond to that you may have posted uh, 20 or 30 men's mental health posts previously but how do you respond i think a lot of people would would laugh push it aside feel awkward um i i think i think we really need to teach society as a whole on how to deal thing, deal with things like that because of the meme culture because of uh, social media activism where there's a lot of style a lot of finesse on the post but there's no substance um i i really do think we need to teach other people on how to react with men's mental health as well and this is why i've never said that women should never watch this podcast and 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 for example older men should never watch this podcast i think it's for all ages because we all have interactions with and know you know young men um and and it's very likely at some point in their lives that young man will come to you with a mm. with a mental health problem or he will show very clear signs of a mental health problem and try and keep it to himself and we need to know and as young men ourselves as well we need to know when our friends and family are showing these signs so that we can be there for them we can respect their position we can you know allow them to be dignified in how they tell it and and not ever make them feel belittled or like they should never say it because of the thing is when you keep quiet about a mental health issue and you bottle it up that's when suicide reports and things like that intensify it's 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 almost like it's it's almost like if you carry on filling uh, you know a bottle of water carry on filling carry on filling it's going to overspill there's nowhere for all that anguish and all that uh, pain and suffering to go um telling someone about your mental health problem necessarily at first it may not stop uh, it may not stop the the symptoms of that it may not so- stop the anxiety the insomnia but it will at least allow you to pour out all of the water that's in that bottle and then to re- give you time to work on yourself before it refills again and that's the importance of talking to each other about it what i would say as well um for um partners out there who who are who are going out with you know a, a young man or or anything like that you do as as one of his closest contacts you have to be there for him and support him um uh, you know as you know i had a relationship quite a while ago now but uh definitely my 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 partner back then she actually blamed me for a lot of the mental health issues um and made me feel guilty made me not feel worthy and all i can say about that is it's the worst feeling in the world it really does make you feel sort of unworthy and it isolates you from telling anyone else as well so what i would say for anyone out there who's going out with someone who's sort of in the young young man category um you need to support that person you need to support that person because if you don't and if you blame them honestly if anything happens then their blood is on your hands um you were responsible yeah you you and it's a big it is a big responsibility but if you're like i said if you're with someone or even sort of if it's a platonic relationship even if it's one of your best friends and you make them feel guilty and blame them, 
that in effect is is in my opinion that's murder because it's only going to go one way um if, if that person doesn't either get out of that relationship or find help elsewhere um but yeah i don't know if you have any more thoughts or to add for for that question yeah, not, not more for that question yeah no 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 perfect so again um looking at sort of now i'd say more sort of the government itself and and education systems um what would you say are the main things in society that impede and prevent openness and uncensored debate about mental health no it's all good um so yeah like i said zooming out further now looking at government state education what do you think are the main things that stop openness and uncensored debate about mental well, health? I feel like this is not directly it's not directly linked, but the government needs to start get, getting their shit together because they can't be doing this to students, telling them they they can't go back to school, then saying they're going to school. Students need to understand what's going to actually happen. They have to they have to decide what they're going to do because Boris, I, I know it's an unprecedented situation, but he, the amount of students that have committed suicide. In the, the people have found them in their uni dormitory, dormitories, just lying there after either overdosing or something else, and nothing's happening. I don't, I don't know what these people do every day. They, it seems like they're just getting money for free because they're not working. They're not helping people, students with mental health. You expect students to do so much, but you're not helping them with the things that they can't, they struggle with. Like mental health is probably the biggest issue to a person. No, I, I know money and all that is 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 crazy. You've got you've got to look after taxes, this that. Students have to pay that pay back um, loans and all this. But the the best thing you can do to a student is by helping them for their mental health. And I don't know, I'm not a mental health expert, but at least try and look at some way or some outlet for it to happen. Because doing nothing and sitting there just saying many people are going to die is not enough. That annoys me. It pisses me off a lot. Yeah, yeah, and it it is very justified um to be extremely angry about these things because it's it's it, again it's almost like every time it's sort of mental health month and things like that you see uh the, the government uh, the government whoever that is in power the conservatives or, or labor posting all about mental health and, and trying to get behind it and then in reality if you actually look at their policies they they very much do not favor young students when it comes to mental health and like i mentioned previously in another episode the Mental Health Act was last edited in 1983. Anyway. 40 years like, ago. Students, especially like 40 students, years ago. They're having to pay. First of all, they're paying for something that they didn't even get properly this year. Like this year was shambles. It was a, it was it was a yeah. shambles in the way that they it was run. Students are, ma- are being forced to pay for uni, for uni lessons that they're doing online, not even at their place. As long as as um, alongside paying with accommodation fees, how do you expect people to get this money? Where are they going to get this money from? This this is what makes them drive them crazy and makes them struggle, and then it adds on to whatever mental health they're already going through during lockdown. And you expect these people to come out the same, and you expect some of them not to die. It's just it. agreed, agreed. Yeah, and and that was actually something I was just about to come on to because in, in terms of. Uh, the, the government, again, they like to try and only address the symptoms, so depression, anxiety, they're symptoms of deeper mental health issues. What the government need to do, and what I think a lot of students are calling on them to do without any response, is to actually change policy and change how much we're paying 
into university because things like financial it was actually on the website as well i think the figure was around 31 percent all all young men 31 percent their biggest worry was finances so looking at that and looking at the fact that the most affected groups um in in terms of men's mental health is the bame community and also anyone who I, i think is is sort of you know lower to middle lower class they're the people that are most affected by men's mental health, the male, the males in those categories. Okay. With that in mind, who is going to find it the hardest to pay all of this money when there's no income, when there's no money coming in? And, and the government try and wonder, why are these groups being the most affected? It's because your policy choices to, to make students carry on paying the, the base rate they'll pay for university during a pandemic that is directly resulting in suicides and mental health. I don't understand how the government cannot see that. Um, and again, if you actually, again, there were, to be fair, there were a lot of memes sort of made about this, about Boris not even, not even, um, you know, not even mentioning university students. If you actually look at how he talks in his, in his announcements, he only says schools and colleges. Um, it's very interesting because whenever someone calls him up on it and says, Boris, what are you going to do about students? How is it fair that students are paying 4,000, 5,000, 6,000 pounds a year on private accommodation, and yet they've only spent one month in that accommodation? How are you going to cater for that? His response is, oh, I'm looking into it. Great, great. You know, that was was two months ago now. That was two months ago. Yeah, that was two months ago. And... I, I think this does link, I think you said like sort of going on a different tangent, but I think this, this does link very strongly to the question because how are you meant to be open about mental health when the government themselves botch and cover up so much to do with mental health? Um, it, do you know, I'd actually really appreciate it if, if Boris or the, uh, the, or the minister in charge of universities would actually come out and say, listen, we know we're responsible for all these deaths and we're actually putting in things in place so to make sure there's no more suicides that. among students. Yeah, because they're not, they're not facing it. It's a typical politician's game where when they're asked a question, they deflect it. I don't know if you saw the shambles of, of an interview um, Gavin Williamson gave a few weeks ago. Again, this is sort of more linking to schools, but it's avoid, ignore and that's lie. Right, huh? that, that's, that's, how, that's how politicians go against questions and i think i think again linked linked to government linked to politics education systems and and institutions and schools and universities i i mean i i remember back in the first lockdown we actually had a safety net which meant i think it which meant um effectively you couldn't score below a 40 and you would not score lower than the cohort from the year before and that really helped that genuinely helped it took away a lot of anxiety what i don't understand is why do we not have that in place now um during a third lockdown which in my opinion has been harder than the other two put together almost um i think a lot of people share that because the first lockdown was almost a bit of a novelty at the start um but i, I feel like now yeah. it's really really grinding people down why is there no safety net now it's, it's, it's almost like it's almost like a lot of institutions and edu- places of education think, oh, we've done our bit. We've done enough. They're fine now. They know how to live with a lockdown. It's, it's entirely it's, <laughs> it's so twisted. Um, 
But yeah, I don't know, in terms of sort of institutions like universities and schools, what do, well, Christian, what do you think they could be doing better um, to, to allow mental just, health to be discussed in an open way? Coming out and talking about it. There's no easier way to come out and talk about it and make it a stronger and better environment for men to just be able to speak and talk about it. Because that's the first place we've got to start. I don't know where else, I don't know where else you can start, to be honest. Yeah. Yeah, and and yeah, even before um, things such as policy change are, are, are brought in, I definitely think that you you can't you you know it's one of those things where again um, you can't just go straight to sort of Z. You have to start off with A, B, C. You have to build up. You have to sort of stack um, uh, different things before you can get to the, the before you can get to the stage of making you know meaningful, lasting policy change, and one example i guess or a model that you know would it would be good to follow um and i know she's a very very controversial figure um but if you actually look at in in terms of sort of climate change and climate activism the the, the way greta thunberg sort of went about it, mm. it started off very small she spoke out um and then other people and again no matter what you think of her she's proven there that one person speaking out and then her group and then her school year and then her city and then eventually, you know, the world. We're only starting to see now, but a lot of her awareness, starting from that individual protest, um, is actually now resulting in policy change. You see sort of in America, um, uh, Joe Biden, the Democrats, I think they're looking into, you know, trillions, trillions of dollars worth of, of of a climate change bill. And again, no matter what your views are, political stance or your opinion on that particular bill that shows that policy change in a very short period of time has been achieved effectively very much from that one girl leading a youth sort of revival you know sort of a student rebellion in a way um and again i feel like it's it's sad because men's mental health you know has the same potential um in very short period of time if we did all sort of group together and speak out and 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 hopefully if there's anyone listening here who, who was interested in in exploring like doing their own podcast or something i think that's great i think it's amazing um you know go ahead do do your research go ahead and 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 you know go for it because that's how that's how we get to the same sort of uh volume of change that, that Greta Thunberg brought about um and i i definitely think we are we sort of getting there but yeah, I 100% agree with with what Christian was saying there. I I think we do have to start out just very simply and and you know very basically just talking about it, and that's amongst ourselves, that's to our sort of followers and friends, um, you know, on, on social media, and then also you know hopefully June the 21st in person. Um, but yeah, definitely, I I think um, going back again to what Christian said for the second question. If we were going to set in, because, you know, talk is talk, um, but but if you were going to set in a practical step for yourself as an individual to try and tackle men's mental health, what I would say is before June the 21st, before we're allowed to meet in big groups again, why not just reach out to some of your, you know, male friends, family members and say to them, when we're allowed to, would you be interested in doing this? Um, it will not take much time at all to set up just one message. And I'm pretty sure that once you've had that conversation, again, it will be something to look forward to, but I feel like once you've had that conversation, 
um, you, you can reach a very, a very, you know, incredible sort of level of deepness um, uh, with with those people close to you that will actually, again, uh, allow you to sort of pour out your water bottle and then be so much more prepared and ready for when it starts to refill again. Um, but yeah, definitely. It, what I would say as well, Christian, is um, yeah, I I don't know if you'd agree with this, but I definitely think that even the idea of I think it's disgusting that the idea of men meeting up in a group and talking about mental health would still, by many quarters yeah. of society, be seen as right. weird. I don't know what you if you've got anything to say on that. Yeah. It's been going around for ages. Uh, when men come talk about mental health, weak. Men come out and talk about their feelings, weak. Men cry weak I feel like you can say the same keep saying that stuff and it's, it's not even just men saying it's it's the it's worse when I hear men saying that because when they go through mental health I know that they will struggle so much more than the people who are actually sensitive but when I hear women saying it and then about their partners and things like that it's just I don't know man I feel like men, I think people need to wake up now yeah. or you're going to see and, a lot yeah. more men dying and it's going to hands because for you to tell them that they're weak and yeah. they're and they're helpless in their own situation about uh, just because they want to go and go out and talk about they feel it's not on and i see a lot more men die it's sad but that's the way it's going to yeah. go now yeah and i think that's why um especially you know in this episode we've come across as really urgent because it is true that that you, you only realize your the true impact of your negative actions when it has real life consequences such as someone committing suicide or someone dying and thinking now just think about in the last week have you shut down or censored uh, 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 someone around you who's been trying to talk about mental health and think about that and how would you feel it's very deep but if you don't think if you don't think about these things they never cross your mind how would you feel if in a week's time you found out that that person committed suicide that exactly there's there's no way you can get around it and very likely even if you're in a place of very sort of stable health it's a very vicious toxic cycle you will not be in it you know unless you're an absolute sort of psychopath you will not be you know you you, you will not be in that same same sort of stable mental health uh, place after that's happened and again it's a cruel cycle and the only way we can we can move towards a better future where there is no humor or, or, or joking in men's mental health is by breaking that cycle, cutting it in the bud. Um, but yeah, no, I think, I think we've, we've definitely, you know, covered a lot there. And again, um, those, those statistics from the start, I, I think, you know, were a really good sort of building block to build from there because again, just looking at the reasons that men, men have chosen uh, in this, in this survey, um, to yeah, the, the reasons they've given for them not wanting to go and seek professional help, that's exactly the sort of thing that, that mm. I'm doing this podcast and, and the anthology to try and change. Um, we want to see those statistics go down. Um, but what I would say, uh, Christian, is, is sort of coming to the end of, of, of this episode, do you have any sort of closing remarks uh, um, you want to sort of give out to our listeners? I would, I would say all that stuff about you not being alone, but it kind of is, for men, that, that kind of is our reality. So I'd just say, just try and pull through as much as you can through the rest of this lockdown. And hopefully me and Luke will be able to do something where we can help and reach out to the wider world about men's mental health. Because I feel like it's hard to, I feel like we've watched so many people just 
sit by and let it happen. So I think we need to do our, we need to do what we want to do now and just try and make this change. Yeah, it's definitely gone from for me being something very distant to then being something that um, very quickly I've suffered with. And then, for example, just heard a lot more sort of, you know, um, sort of acquaintances and, and friends of friends who have committed suicide. And it's, it's really it is really heartbreaking. But like like to echo Christian's words, there, if you are in a really dark place at the minute, um, you, you know, just again, I, I hate to use any cliches but all you need to do like I said if, if you do have anyone close nearby who you can trust please reach out please reach out to them because it, you can't face mental health alone um, and again yeah I hope this episode has helped I hope that um, you know again if you are in a very dark place it has brought some light and, and there's at least something you can you can gain from this uh, moving forward um, but yeah, if, if you did enjoy the episode and you think it would be relevant to anyone around you, please feel free to share. Um, thank you for oh, listening. Um, thank you for joining me as well, Christian. Um, and...